You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. We celebrate Easter as a two-part story. Act one is the cross. It's the the death of Jesus. It's part of that, maybe even the darkness, the darkness that came over the world and represents all of that. When Jesus surrenders his life on the cross, when when, Jesus... Evil and the humanity, the sin of humanity is is, uh, revealed to us in those acts. And uh, it's called Good Friday because Jesus steps up and he takes away our sin. And so even in the death, even in the darkness, it's something to celebrate and something to find of Jesus that's remarkable. The second act of the Easter story is the resurrection. Resurrection Sunday, when Jesus walks out of the tomb, victorious over power, evil, darkness, that intended to keep him there, intended to to put him there, and they thought they had won, but but then Jesus kind of rises above those things. And these are two parts of the Easter story that show us this, this, um, this part of faith that is still alive and active today, and it's this, it's that death leads to life. We saw this today in even the baptisms where people would say, you know what, I want to die to self so that the new life of Jesus can live in me. Death leads to life. Jesus said it this way when he invited the crowds to follow him. This is in Mark chapter 8, 34. It says, Jesus is speaking. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And I love how Jesus he's, he's, uh, gives this invitation. He gives this, this kind of open invitation to the crowds. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and follow me. One of the first things a child learns to say, other than mama and dada, they quickly go from that, where you're just in love with your little learning to speak child, to that word, no. And they use that word and wield it with great power. No, no, no. And you know, sometimes we, we, we try to encourage young parents and say, it's just the terrible twos, you'll get through it. But I got teenagers and they're still using that word. And um, they still love that word. And you know, there's something about us that we like to just go our own way. We don't like to be told how to live or how to, choices, we, we want to. It's like it's ingrained in us, it's part of us to say, no, and I want to go my own way. I want to do it myself. I want to do it the, my own way. And um, we, we seem to be born with this desire. And uh, Jesus, uh, he says to uh, give up doing your own things. Give up your own way. Put that down. Put down your own way of living and follow me. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father in heaven except through me. This is part of what makes Christianity unique from all the other religions in the world. We don't earn our way into heaven by following all of the rules and doing everything right. That's not how it works. Christianity is not about 
legalism and control and rules. The, the Bible says we're all sinners, we're all imperfect, and no one can get there on our own. We need someone to show us the way. That's why Jesus says, hey, I am the way. In fact, if we look at the Greek, the language for way, the word that Jesus uses for way literally is the highway, the path. I'm the way. If you want to go there, it's in me and through me and, and with me. Uh, a few years ago, Ange and I took our kids to Disneyland, one of our family trip highlights of, uh, of, of our kids growing up. And um, one of the highlights of that trip was watching the fireworks each night. Fabulous, you know, nobody does it like Disney City of Kelowna, Canada Day doesn't even like hold a, a candle to that. It's uh, like thousands and thousands of dollars. There's about 40,000 people a night watch the fireworks in Disney. Some of you have been there. You know what I'm talking about. You find your great spot. You get there early with your slushy at the end of a long day. You're waiting and waiting and waiting, and it starts to get dark and dark and dark, and more and more people. And it is incredible, the amount of people and the power of the crowd is, if you can hold the spot of ground that you're on the whole night, you're a winner. Because usually the crowd just crams in and jams in, and they end up kind of pushing you around. And, and um, and you know what? The fireworks, they're the very last thing to happen. And as soon as they're finished, the happiest place on earth turns into the craziest place on earth. And it's a really great business decision for Disney when you're coming in. You come in, you go through the gates. Everybody goes through the little gates, the little turnstiles. You, you go through, and there's this long, narrow road down this, this main street road, really narrow, full of souvenir shops and chocolate shops and ice cream shops. Like, when you first show up, you haven't even gone 50 yards and been there 15 minutes, and you're down 200 bucks. It's... <laughs> It is the best business decision. But at the end of the night, when everybody in the park is turned around and has to walk back through the gauntlet to get out, they want to be the first to Starbucks, they want to be the first to McDonald's across the street, first back to, in line to the trolleys. It is crazy. And I can handle things in that environment, but I looked at my little daughter, Ava, my precious youngest daughter, seven years old at the time, just, you know, somewhere around here, couldn't see anywhere, couldn't see up above anything, and I knew she's going to have trouble, and she's no way, there's no way that if we got separated, she could go her own way, that she could find out how to get back to the hotel. She'd have no idea what gate to go to or what direction to turn. She wouldn't know uh, which trolley to get in line or even to find the trolleys or what stop. She wouldn't know where to go in the parkade or which sky kind of walk to take or which street to cross. She, she would have had no idea. And, um, and I looked at her and, uh, you know, I could have told her all of that stuff and everything to do and here's all the rules and this is where you turn and if you miss it, you're in trouble and you got to do, 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 do. But Jesus doesn't do that, right? Jesus doesn't say, you got to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. He says, I'm the way. And I looked at Ava and I knew that what she needed was somebody to show her the way. And so I looked down at her and said, honey, it's going to get really crazy here in a couple minutes. And this is what I need you to do. I need you to hold on to the back of dad's hoodie Hold on as tight as you can and don't let go. And all you need to do and all you need to worry about is that you see me right in front of you because I can see and I know the way and I know where I'm going. And as long as you hold on to me, you're going to be okay because dad knows the way. 
And that is exactly what Jesus does for us. Jesus shows up and he says, I'm the way. I'm the way to the Father. It's not about all the rules and turn here and don't go there. It's about finding me, holding on to me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the invitation that Jesus gives is to hold on to me. Hold on to me because I'm the way and I can show you where to go. Now, perhaps you've never accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him. Maybe you're wondering, well, how do I become a follower of Jesus? How do I even do that? What does that mean? What does that look like? You know what? It's something that you grow into. It really is. It's something you become. It's something that that is a part of your life and part of the process and learning to make decisions and live out those things. But really, one of the starting points is to, the first thing would be to say that you believe in Jesus. It really starts with that belief that he's real. You don't have to understand everything about him, but there's an element of just belief, of faith, that Jesus is real, he's alive, he can hear you, he's there. And the second would be to confess your need of him. Confess your need of Jesus. Confess your sin. Confess your own way of trying to do life on your own path. And say, you know what? I I don't want to do that anymore. I want to lay that down. Confess that you can't do it on your own, that you need Jesus to show you the way. And the third is to invite Jesus into your life, to welcome him into your life. One of the words that we, we just seems to work with kids, and you saw it in the video, is you say, I want to open my heart to Jesus. And, and she, this little cartoon character goes to the x-ray machine, and her heart is alive and full of love. And, and that is, that's really our soul. It's, it's, it's who we are. It's to say, Jesus, I welcome you in. Live in my life. I decide to follow you. I choose to follow you. I want to follow you. We believe in Jesus. We confess our need in him, and we simply invite and welcome him in. And the rest comes along. The rest is part of the journey. It's part of finding Jesus as the way, is walking with him and living with him and figuring those things out. But it starts with belief, confess, and invite. And I won't embarrass you this morning, but it's very possible that you're here and you haven't taken those steps yet. Maybe you were invited with somebody. Maybe you've been coming for a while. Maybe you've even found your heart opening up to belief in Jesus over the last while, and you just haven't kind of taken the steps. And uh, today, there's an opportunity for you to do that. And as I said, I'm not going to embarrass you or do anything. And in just a moment, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And the way that you can do this is as we're praying, you can make that prayer from your own heart. You can kind of pray along and do it in the first person. Do it as if you're praying and inviting and welcoming and believing in Jesus. And there's nothing more mystical or magical about it. It's to believe he's there and he can hear you. And so what I'm going to ask us all to do is could we just bow our heads, close our eyes, and I will lead this prayer, and you can even make this prayer in your heart in this moment to say, Jesus, I believe in you. 
I don't understand everything about you, but I believe you're real and I believe you're alive. And Jesus, I confess my need for you. I can't do it on my own. Every time I try, I make a mess of it. I need to not follow my own way. I need to follow you. So I confess my sin. I confess my shortcomings. And I would just say, Jesus, please forgive me. And Jesus, I would invite you. I invite you. I welcome you into my life. I accept your invitation to follow you. I make a decision to begin the journey of saying, Jesus, not only are you the way, but you are my way. Help me to know you as the way. And what it means to have faith. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Audio from the House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.